Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't even figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot. And really, a disloyal person. This This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Monday, if it could be a happy Monday. I hope you're having one. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there, join the Militia live on X Spaces for the final segment of each show. I didn't hear a beer crack. I'm sure it happened, but I didn't hear it. It did. Syracuse with it. Joe's having some technical difficulties this this evening, so we'll all just have to bear with him, as we always do. But this time it's technical difficulties. Uh, Syracuse with an eighty three sixty three win over a semi wounded, but I think relevant Oregon um, Duck team yesterday afternoon. Uh, officially a quad two win as of now, but I think you know, like we talk. That's a good one to keep an eye on going into the season and see where, where the Ducks land. So uh, Syracuse, we'll let you know what we think. We'll hear from you and fan feedback as well. And Syracuse will host the Purple Eagles of Niagara, still currently being helmed by the Greg Paulus. And I for, had forgotten about that. He re, basically renewed the rivalry in, uh, what, two years ago or something like that, right? Yeah, something like that. Uh, I think, yeah, I think we've, yeah, 2019, we played him in 2019 with Greg Paulus and 2020 with Greg Paulus. So back a few years later and uh, they'll try it again. So we'll let you know uh, a little bit about Niagara uh, before we head off and uh, just some quick football news as there is always apparently and a day doesn't end in why without something like that happening. No, I mean, come on. So, uh, you know, look, I'm loving it. I am. Um, early signing day is Wednesday, man. Early signing day is Wednesday. Uh, Kyle McCord committed over the weekend, uh, Ohio state transfer. Uh, and, um, big news. Yeah. That's a big one. Right. And Yazid Haynes, Zed from Georgia and second, second Georgia receiver. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, shoring some things up and in, in that department and there's more, uh, Joe's Joe's, I don't know why he didn't go to Twitter. Well, I mean, we don't really, we're not in the news breaking business. It seems like if you want it, you go to Twitter, you can get it. He ain't getting it from us. Cause we're just getting it from someone else anyway, right. but, but on Facebook, yeah, I, I, yeah. All people who are doing their jobs tell us. 
Right. And, and basically Facebook is the news comes a little slower. So it makes sense to post a lot of that there. But Joe, uh, if you've been keeping up with it, you, you've been off today. I've been working. And uh, after the Nor'easter rolled through here in the window and door business, you can only imagine what a Monday would be like after such a storm, by the way. And that was brutal. It went all the way up. I know Syracuse is getting it. So big yeah, ass storm. Day. Big ass storm rained for almost 24 hours here. Pretty mm-hmm. damn close. 22 hours. Started at 11 yesterday. It quit at 9 this morning. So it made a mess um, amongst other things. So anyways, uh, Joe was off today. Joe, uh, get us all up to date on on what's happened in the past 24 hours as far as Syracuse recruits go. So obviously we know Fran Brown had two weekends of official visits before um, early signing day. And obviously <clears throat> first weekend was a hit, uh, had a bunch of people, um, sign. And this weekend we had 20 plus, I believe transfers in, in, you know, players from this recruiting class. And, uh, yeah. Um, yesterday we had, um, transfer, uh, linebacker transfer James Hurd Jr. From West Virginia, he uh, committed, and he was, I think, I believe he redshirted last year as a freshman. So he's got four years eligibility, um, and he was a formal last year. He was a top 250 prospect. So I think we got a good guy there. Um, also, Caden Brown, one of the uh, New York's top edge prospects from Erasmus Hall in New York City. Um, Brooklyn. He, Brooklyn, yep. He committed. And then today, we know uh, we heard of Fadim Diggs, right? Because he was a, he's a four star transfer defensive lineman. The first that, big uh, one. He was one of the first. Bull- no, he hasn't. He hasn't committed yet, right? So he was oh, a four star that. that went in the transfer portal. Yeah, and he um, basically he's going to be, I believe, choosing between Alabama and Syracuse, which is stuff that you just don't hear a lot. And uh, <clears throat> he visited Alabama. And then he came up and visited Syracuse with his brother, who is a three-star uh, linebacker, I believe, um, well, in this re- in this recruiting cl- uh, cycle. According to Syracuse.com, he was a four-star, too. His brother. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, he might have been. But either way, Fatim Diggs... His uh, brother in the in the recruiting class, you know, the freshman coming into the recruiting class still in high school, he um, committed today. And also, I want to say that there was one more t- that was actually a couple hours ago. Uh, I think it was a safety from Did- the University of Buffalo that is transferring in. Um, and he committed as well. Devin Grant, safety, okay. committed. So, um, yeah, dude, I mean, it's been a lot of things that you don't hear, like, uh, you know, the starting quarterback from Ohio State transfers. And I mean, look, he sold me in his presser and uh, he's he's proving (laughs) that he could at least do the things that he could do. And one of the reasons why he came here. So uh, what's a Kyle McCord get for incentive to come here? Other than Fran Brown's a cool guy. Well, I mean, obviously, <laughs> Kyle McCord 
grew up in Jersey, and then I think he played in in Pennsylvania as far as um, high school football. Um, And he started for Ohio State, who only lost to Michigan this year. Uh, But from what I understand, he wasn't guaranteed the starting spot next year. He's got one-year eligibility, and as you know, Ohio State brings in probably a five-star quarterback every year. Plus, with the NIL, I mean, they got a slew of you know, quarterbacks that they can, you know, bring in. So um, I think just the fact that he didn't want to be stuck in a quarterback room where he might not be able to start his last season um, because they couldn't guarantee it. I think that's why he decided to go somewhere else. I don't think that it's really a, um, to say on, on his play, you know what I mean? It's not like he's not a good quarterback. I mean, he did. <clears throat> no, that's 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 not what I'd be alluding to. I, I I mean, I know from what I do know, since the bell's been ringing about him possibly coming to Syracuse, that he's a, you know, he's worthy. <laughs> By all means, this would be a huge get for Syracuse right. to get this type of quarterback, right? This is the right. kind of quarterback that Syracuse has been missing for years and years and years, right? And to be a real, true pocket-style quarterback. And, you know, with that said, you just, if what Fran Brown is building and selling is just that enticing to other players, or if there is NIL deals in the works, obviously there's something, but what and to what extent are we going to? And if, if so, how much is left? out of that kitty because you know it seems like um you know if you're playing DraftKings, man you're almost out of money (laughs) (laughs) that's what it would seem like right but again that's what this that's what a really good recruiter a couple good recruiters that you know they recruit based upon relationships and they've been out there and so these kids that are out there in high school they know these guys and um, that's what a new excitement can do. And you start seeing some of the chips fall and, and players want to be involved in that. And they're talking to each other. And I mean, you see how many players from New Jersey are, are, are committing there and transferring there. So, um, right now it's contagious. And sometimes, you know, it's like, okay, that NIL, that, that stuff will come. Let's all come together and figure it out. So, um, right now it's contagious, but obviously now you need to, go out there and you need to play well and perform well. And then next year, I mean, it's probably going to be a situation where now people are going to want to, people are going to want to get compensated. Right. So I think his popularity and the popularity of the coaching staff and the fact that they're young, they're energetic, they know how, they know how to recruit. They're going to, they can get the young guys there. Okay. Now, okay. This year, you know, I just got this job. Let's go. Let's use the momentum. But at some point, again, it's going to come down to we need to retain these players. So I think this just gives us a year buffer. Um, let him go out there and recruit uh, his full recruiting class into for next year, and um, then we'll see where we go from there. It's uh, it, it, you know not for anything. It is national recognition, and you talk about it's contagious. Well, it only takes one or one or two decommits out of Georgia to show interest or you know yeah it's like usually those are the teams that get our guys and they flip our guys right and here we are two days away and we have the in the code two four seven sports we have the 15th ranked transfer class right now yeah our you know dino babers his his recruiting class was up around you know high 50s 60s before he left 
we had five decommits. And then since then, now it's jumped to 47, 46. We're in the top 50. So, um, I mean, national pundits are talking about us. ESPN, Paul Feinbaum, they're, I mean, they're talking that's, about us. That's where that's, I was going. I mean, you know, you talk about, yeah, those, yeah, you got those guys, but you got, you know, um, Barstool has been heavy on all things Fran Brown. And Barstool is that. I feel like they're way more relatable to talk about someone who was getting NIL going before NIL was NIL. That Barstool as a company, they were on that shit a minute ago. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. you know, to get to have um, to have you know Portnoy's group out there reporting almost every day about what Syracuse football is doing with Fran Brown is another. You know, that's a, that's another sign of. I think where this is headed and not only that, but I think it's enticing to these young guys to get that name, you know, talking about them in Syracuse. I think it just, just makes it all that more attractive. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing is, is all these guys are the Northeast Jersey guys. And I mean, dude, Jersey is a place where all the, the Notre Dame's, Ohio State's, Alabama, that's a place where those they send recruiters up there because they know that there's there's a little bit of a hot spot there. If there's a place in the Northeast that is, you're talking Pennsylvania, you're talking New Jersey. And we've just been killing it in New Jersey. You know, I think that running back that we flipped from Pittsburgh is a great running back. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's I don't remember ever being this excited about recruiting for Syracuse football since I've actually gotten into recruiting for Syracuse football. Um, hold on a second. Um, Tyler just sent me something via, <clears throat> are we done with that? We've pretty much covered that, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I kind of <laughs> wanted to talk a little bit about the bowl game. <laughs> that's okay. Well, I'm, I'm transitioning to the bowl game right now. Okay. So, um, let me just see something real quick. So, you know, unfortunately, our guy will not be able to uh, participate in the bowl game because he, our guy being Garrett Trader, he had um, rotator cuff surgery. He suffered uh, a tear in the first play of the Virginia Tech game. Yep. So, you know, instead of <laughs> that's not going to get better. And there's no point in even going out there and playing a decoy at this point, as far as that goes, right? So he had surgery. He's not going to play. He played his last game in the orange uniform. And um, first of all, you know, in the in the in the two years he was here, and with all of the with all of the three, sorry, with with all of the uh, injuries and and things like that, and the adversity and all that, and just the character he showed as as the, that three years went on to now, to be able to first of all to go out there and play like that the whole as much as you can, to an extent is just we talk about Eric Dungey being a warrior. I mean, that's warrior mentality right there, <clears throat> and um. I'm going to miss him. I was going to miss him anyway because he was already going, but I was hoping to get to maybe see him. But, of course, I was I had my reservations about what exactly was going on. So uh, he sent me this clip. I haven't listened to this clip, but um, let's just take a look at uh, take a listen to it like super quick, Joe. See if I can pull it up. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is just relax and just, you know, support, support those guys. That's all we can do. It's, um, 
everything we do is to go out there and try to win. And uh, you best believe we put our best foot forward every single week when we step on the field. And uh, it's, it's not easy to win there. Um, but it's been um, an incredible opportunity that I had. And uh, it's, it's changed my life for the better. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is... Um, just, okay, well, he went He went on to say, it's not in that clip, it's just in here in the writing. He added uh, that the players are not aware of the 7-5 to five mandate for Dino to keep his job. Um, so there are some tidbits in there. And this is Stephen Fanti over at, is that Q Sports Talk, I believe? Yeah. So you can go um, at Stephen Fanti 9, uh, NC9. Fanti. And Fanti, NC9. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, yeah, and some of that's telling too because you know that was right off of the Clemson, North Carolina, Florida State, boom, 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 um, and then we go to. Well, Virginia you remember Tech. he got pummeled against Clemson, and we and we thought that there was probably something there too. But then, uh, if, you know, Virginia Tech and Boston College were the two. So, I mean, I think that has a little bit to do with getting blown out at Virginia Tech, and then obviously, uh, you know, Boston College play that game right. So. I think that was the game that uh, Carlos Rio Wilson started. So, or was that Georgia Tech? One of the two. But either way. Um, <laughs> anyway, he's not going to be um, playing in the Boca Raton Bowl. Yep, so there's that. Yeah. And I think our transfers, our transfer portal has gotten up to like around 15 or something like that. Um, from what I understood, I mean, the, the, well, the other big thing is, is Carlos Rio Wilson. I know that he uh, sent shared a picture on Instagram with him with a full yeah, leg he, cast. Yeah, he's not playing. It's it, Davis not playing is going to start. I mean, and, and Emily Liker, uh, she she shared the um, the depth chart for the bowl game um, on Twitter, and it had Braden Davis as the number one quarterback with uh, Luke McPhail. I don't know, yeah, McPhail behind him, and then obviously you know everything else. On offense, status quo. Defense, I did notice that. Uh, Jobity. Is it Jobity? Um, yeah, didn't he take a spot? And so did. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, Terry Lockett and Leon Lowry are not yeah. on the depth chart. Yeah. So those are the those are the two the two transfers that stuck out that that aren't going to be playing and aren't on that depth chart. Um, and also, from what I understand, Jason Beck is not going to be coaching the game. Uh, offensive line coach Mike Lynch is going to be calling the plays. So, um, but good for so, Garrett though. Garrett, he also just so you know too, he he released a statement on Twitter, and he was basically saying that you know he thanked Syracuse, he thanked everybody, and you know he basically was talking about how he pushed through and didn't have surgery early to get those to get the team to a bowl to a bowl game. So just to give you a little bit about his character, I don't, you know, I don't know if anyone's ever questioned it. I know we haven't, but I mean, you know, that, that man, you know, he could have got surgery, you know, after that Virginia Tech game and could have gotten probably better, faster. Um, I don't think there's any way he's going to be ready for, I don't know if he would have anyway, but for any type of, you know, trying to get into the NFL or anything like that. But, you know, just the fact that he, came back from that elbow and that he tore his rotator cuff and played through that. And then the way that he played that game at Wake Forest, the way he threw the ball with that. It's just, uh, well, now we know why he did it for his team, man. And that's why you could tell that's that going, going back now in in his post game, you know, in hindsight now in his post game 
presser against Wake Forest when he was, you know, holding back tears and getting emotional is because, I mean, there's probably a little bit of, you know, good and bad, right? He was probably happy and for his teammates and happy that he, you know, did what he needed to do to get those guys a bowl game, also knowing that he wasn't going to be playing in the bowl game and now he's got to deal with that, right? So going to miss that, dude. Yeah, it's um, it's too bad. And be honest with you, I kind of had a, you know, I had a sinking feeling we weren't going to see him. And, you know, I think, I don't think it was, I think we all knew he probably needed some kind of surgery or something. Like we just didn't know. We we assumed for the longest time that it was still his elbow. Uh, elbow. Yeah. And so uh, obviously with the throwing motion and things like that, it seemed like maybe it could be different and, you know, hindsight, obviously it's easy to sit here and be like, yeah, well that makes sense now because those throws didn't go anywhere. Uh, right. Some of them, you know, but um, you get juiced up for the last game and all of a sudden you're like, well, what the hell? <laughs> Where the hell was that? I don't know. Uh, but anyway, uh, he won't be there. Uh, the the Syracuse-Niagara game moved up to 5 o'clock to make sure that that thing is buttoned up by 8 on Thursday. So, you know, we'll be back to talk about it. I don't know. I don't, you know. It kind of... It just it, the 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 bowl game stuff is is gonna. I think this bowl game is gonna be fun to watch. Braden Davis is, is out there, and you know we're gonna get to see LaQuinn again. And I think all everybody in their in their normal spot, right? And we're not gonna be playing this trickery stuff. And I'm hoping that enough time has been spent at practice and knowing what we know now. I think, and the coaches knew before that. The plan was to get these guys prepared for this game, and they had plenty of time to do it. So I'm, I'm hoping to see um, something fun and exciting. I just there's something about the the bowl games that is lackluster when they don't mean much anymore. I mean, they don't mean as ma- as much as they used to type thing. It's almost like a it's almost like a preseason like find out type scrimmage game to some extent. So it's a little bit of that, but you know. I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, it says Braden Davis, but I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see a lot of a lot of what we have been seeing, right? And uh, you know, maybe Valari throwing a little bit more. Um, what would yeah? I mean, what I would stop just, Valari from just? I mean, look, I get it. I'm not going to. If we're lining anything. up and doing that against ACC teams, I think we could do it against South Florida. I mean, and that's not to disparage South Florida. It's just. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. You know. I just, yeah. No, I gotcha. So yeah, they're going to go out there. They're going to want to send the seniors out there, and you know, out on a good foot, good note, and um, then hopefully it comes down to trying to retain some of these guys. You know, because from what I understand, there's a pretty good push to try to get Marlo and Aronde, and they got a lot of these guys to stay. I don't know if Justin Barron's got a year or not. So I know we're missing some, we're losing some guys, but um, it'd be incredible, right? If we could, I mean, Rondé, you know, I mean, it might make sense for him. Well, I was just going to say, I don't. pocket passer quarterback that came in and he's coming off a of surgery. Um, you know, right now his draft stock's probably not great. So. Well, that's just it. I, I, I think it would be, it would behoove him to come back. It's only going to, it's, it's only going to be, 
It's what have you done for me lately? And he hasn't done anything lately. And I'm not right. talking about me, our fans. I'm talking about scouts and people out there who are lining up their draft stock. So, you know, I don't think that I don't think that just declaring for the draft would be a great idea, although I don't think you'd have trouble getting to the NFL, but you know, one more year and um with a new coach but and a new quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right, exactly, but uh we'll see, you know. Uh, dollar signs ring loud. And you know, if he's going to if he wants to negotiate, I'm sure people are willing to have him come to the table. Right. And that's another advantage of having a decent NIL, which I know Orange United had a goal of 500000 which, guys, is just, you know, these days for 500000 is a drop in the bucket. And I know we got more than just Orange United out there, but I'm just saying, like, I think the goal should be like $3 million, <laughs> okay? Um, that's a goal. That's a great goal. Now, I don't know what, where we're at there, Orange United, but it did it did break the... 500,000 mark fairly quick. So, you know, um, it's promising, you know, I've, um, I try to stay in the loop on, you know, what's going on in there and how many people are signing up and things like that. And, you know, there's, um, it's quite a few people in there. I don't know who knows what they're giving. You know, you can do is the, the, the best easiest way to do it is to just give a hundred dollars for the year. And then, you know, you, you reap some benefits and, you get in there and you get access to some of the written stuff and whatnot. And I think there's some other perks too, but voucher to the store or whatever. But anyway, all right, look. Yeah. Well, look, yeah. I mean, and if Marlo Wax were to stay, whew. Well, I know I mean, that we would... know he's good, but I'm wondering what his draft stock is, right? Because like Zaire Franklin was good, but he didn't get drafted until like the sixth or seventh round. Now that guy's an all pro. So, right. I mean, you never really know. I just know that there's a lot of excitement with the new coach. Uh, I hope that they win. And I hope also that we can start seeing some of those uh, <clears throat> some of those uh, offensive linemen and defensive linemen coming in. Because we've seen a lot of, you know, receivers, running backs, yeah. quarterback. You know, I mean, Deion Sanders at Colorado had a lot of those specialty players. And he saw real quick that he needed to get a better offense and defensive line after his first year. So I, I don't think it's any question to anyone that we obviously need a better offensive line you want to talk about bringing in a Kyle McCord if he's gonna be running for his life ain't gonna look pretty no it's gonna look like Tommy DeVito right I mean I mean let's be honest it's it's a situation where there's kind of been a reason why the majority of our good quarterbacks in our history have been dual threat guys I mean all the way down from you know McPherson to Graves to McNabb to Dungy to Terrell Hunt and Garrett uh, Garrett Schrader now I mean, the only real, you know, successful pocket passer that we like, really had with a decent offensive line was Ryan Nassib, and that would be probably because they had an NFL offensive line coach <laughs> that was the head coach that could get a decent offensive line. Yeah. And then we had a good offensive line Dungy's senior year, which is why DeVito looked good. Then we lost four out of five starters, and then the next year DeVito looked awful. But now he's in the NFL. So, obviously – you know, having an offensive line that can uh, pass protect with a pocket passer is uh, crucial. And I hope that we can I mean, definitely, we're, we're definitely s- deal with that. Seeing that now with him in the, in the, in the NFL, he's in the NFL, but still not getting the best protection. No offense, Joe. Oh, I know. How about those I bills? Get- 
All right. I get it. Let's take a listen, see what Coach Red had to say following the game yesterday afternoon. Well, first, I'd like to uh, say um, we're very grateful for this event. It's a great event, first-class event. The venue was great. I'd like to thank our Syracuse fans for coming out. The arms was definitely there, and uh, that's just a testament to our program, uh, to our tradition. So very appreciative of that. I'm excited about that. They were there. They've been with us the last two road games, um, and that's what you need. But, uh, you know, at the game, I thought we played a really good game today. Uh, defensively, I thought we uh, – executed the game plan, you know, Oregon's a great offensive team. They can shoot threes, and they shot threes, but I thought we made them take tough threes. Um, again, rebounding. We rebounded the ball. We won the rebounding battle, so that's always good. And, uh, you know, just from our, from our team, you know, I thought our bench was huge today. I mean, I can't say enough about Quadir, Kyle Cuff, and Benny Williams, Malik Brown. You know, those guys came in. I mean, we scored 44 points off the bench today, so that was huge. But I was really just happy for Benny and and, and Kyle. Um, hadn't get, really got a good rhythm the last couple of games, but they stepped right in and made huge contributions on both ends. Um, and I think, you know, going forward, you know, that's what makes this team um, special, I think. You know, I think we can be special. I think we can be really good. I thought our defense made a big jump today. Again, guarding on the perimeter and rebounding the basketball. So, overall, it was, it was a good game. You know, uh, we were very excited to be here. Uh, we played against a really, really good Oregon team. I know they're not healthy, and they're going to be really good when they get everybody back. So, uh, but we just, you know, we I thought we played our best game this year, so far this year uh, on uh, both ends of the floor. You know, I, I was I was I was really impressed with our bench. Um, you know, I've been preaching this from when we started in July. You know, we can go nine, ten deep. You know, sometimes eleven. You know, depending on depending on the game and the situation. So. Um, it's always good, you know, when you have the vision of, you know, what your team can be. You know, sometimes, you know, it, it's hard for them to see that. You know, you got to work on that and communicate that. And, and when it comes to fruition, you know, you, you, you know, you, you're happy about it and excited about it. And, you know, and, and that's what happened today. Again, I told Kyle the last, him and Ben the last two weeks, keep working, keep working. And they didn't hold their head down. They came to practice every day. And they got after it. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm glad that, uh, you know, they, they, they was able to help us win a game today. Early on, Benny missed some games. Close is he to being the player that you think he can be? You know, I think you know uh, he's 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 doing it every day. He's being more consistent. So I think you know it's just a matter of time um, to to for him. But I think what he did today that's 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 good. You know, that's a good start. You know, that's that's good. You know, again, I don't like to put any type of limits or. Or, or type of ideas about what these what these players can be. You know, just play and do what we want to do and execute and play hard, and then everything else will take care of itself. When Quadir's playing the way he has the last couple games, who's he remind you of? Uh, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing that pops into my mind right now, but. Um, I know I'm very excited when he's playing like that. You know, he helps us. You know, he's a he's a really really good player. You know, he's talented. He's just as talented as anyone that we have, uh, you know, in this program. And I think people, you know, are starting to see that. I think he's growing. Um, you know, he's he's a guy that you know what you call versatile. Versatile. You know, versatile. I know some people. You know, our Syracuse people fans. Uh, they want to may say, hey, you know, Josh Pace or whatever the case may be. I don't like doing that. You know, um, but uh, 
because uh, again, he's he's just talented. You know, he's one of he's he can do a lot of things for us, and he is. All right, so real quick, you know, the, the Syracuse gets down by ten fairly quickly, and uh, well, not well, not real quick, but it was a slow go, and and with the orange off sometime, and not out out there playing basketball, it looks like they were cold to say the least. Maybe the court uh, had something to do with it. Uh, th- just the the damn those dark courts. I think they suck. I think they're terrible. I think they need to get rid of them. I think I think they they're, they're distracting. They're hard to watch. Uh, but look, forty four points off f- from uh, from the bench. And uh, is that a coincidence? I doubt it. You know, <laughs> it, uh, it, it just and a two. You got. Quadir Copeland, enough just can't be said about him for the two games, the past two games he's put together. And we talked last time we were here about a week ago about, you know, okay, can they be consistent? Can they can they um, keep doing this? And, you know, Starling had a quiet 14 points, you know, and he – so you got these two guys in um, Starling and uh, Copeland who had 15 off the bench and just doing what he does, just – I mean, I thought it was amazing. He had five assists. Man, some of his, his, you know, he had a couple no-look, like, shovel passes down low. I think Malik Brown got them both, actually. But it, it, I don't know, man. It just seems to me like he is he knows how to play as a team. And you, Andy's talented enough to do, the, do those things himself. Benny Williams kind of breaking out of his shell, finally, in this game. And, you know, there's a lot of question marks for me still surrounding Benny Williams. But, um, you know, he had an amazing, like, you know, reverse dunk thing when he it was like a quick, it was like quick thinking because he realized he couldn't get to do what he was trying to do, whatever it was. Right. And he went for that. And it was beautiful. And that type of, that type of basketball, it's exactly what we need. And, you know, over 40 points in the paint. How, how when was the last time you had over 50. 40? Huh? We had 50. Was it 50? Okay. Cause I lost. <laughs> According to ESPN, I I lost count in the paint at forty six or forty four something like that, and I I was like, all right, well that's why I said over forty because I wasn't sure exactly how many it was, um, yeah. which should be another box score st- stat. That is something that's easy to look up. But anyway, um, okay, let's just say over forty, over forty in the paint, and over forty points off the bench. When was the last time a Syracuse team did that? Has a Syracuse team ever done that? I have no idea. No idea. That I mean, that's a that's tremendous, and that just goes to show what this is building into. And um, you know, Cuff, we haven't heard a lot from him off the bench. He comes in, makes like a quick eight points, and gets this team back into the game in the first half. If it weren't for him, um, and and you know, when you stick Quadir out there too off the bench, you saw those things start to change. And again, sometimes, you know, in a game like this where things are moving kind of slow and both teams are kind of off and you send a, a, a Copeland out there, it's just he sends the trajectory of the, the pace of the game and the energy to another level, another dimension sometimes, and it's just hard to keep up with it. And then once Judah got going, that got Judah going eventually, and then, you know, the last the last eight minutes of the first half was, you know, you could see kind of where the game was going to be going, but... All in all, slow start, but when everybody got clicking and doing their own thing, playing like a team, they took off. And it was just, the second half was all 
Syracuse momentum. I mean, it wasn't even close. And, um, you know, you could kind of take a deep breath, I think, after the first half. But the second half was fun to watch. And I know Oregon's kind of wounded. I think they had three of their five starters out. But I think it's a good team. And, you know, to beat them by 20 still is tremendous. I mean, to just blow them out in in a neutral arena by 20, I think says a lot about this team in, in no bad losses, Joe, a quad two win now. And we just got to see what this looks like after Niagara, um, within, you know, after Thursday, another what nine days off, right? Something like that. Yeah. So, um, another break in between, and I'm not sure if that's real good for Syracuse or, or what, but, um, you know, with the slow start that we saw today, and and it's going to be heading, you know, obviously into some conference play. But I don't know. Uh, I was I was happy with it, and in the twenty points, it was I think was huge, regardless of of um, the guys that weren't there for Oregon. Yeah. Well, yeah, and so just to be, to clarify too, like I mean, only one player in the starting. So Oregon played Georgia the first uh, game of the season. And four out of those five starters were, did not play in that game. And their best player is a center, Dante. Then you know they talked about it. Um, so again, I mean, this is definitely not a full you know squad as far as, as Oregon goes. Uh, they're playing a lot of younger guys and some transfers that haven't really had this role earlier in the season. So um, to that point, you know kind of got to give Oregon a little bit of a break there. Um, but yeah, it's, you like to see him go out and you get the lead. And we were up eight going into halftime. And uh, the one thing I've always been worried about, you know, in the past is, you know, okay, how is the other team going to make the halftime adjustments to the two, three zone? And where we weren't always the better team that came out of halftime after halftime, you know, coaching adjustments and stuff like that. But the one thing that I've noticed with this team is that I, I feel like we've been the better team coming out of halftime. So to have the lead and then come out and then play that much, because we've been going into the small historic, however many, what, 11 games that Adrian Autry's coached, we have come out with better intensity and better defense in the second half. So to have an eight-point lead going into the first half, uh, or into the halftime, I was obviously excited about that. And then obviously, you know, it was an ugly game. Both teams had 19 turnovers. It was pretty sloppy. There's yeah, but how I mean, many did Syracuse have in the second half? Because I felt like that got cleaned up. But it was it was terrible in the first half. I mean, it, there was a stretch in the second half where you know we had a good lead and it got a little sloppy because we were trying to be fancy, a little too fancy, get out on fast breaks and get dunks and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, pretty much everyone, everything you said. I, I mean. I, when the team that you're playing against is down the top two centers, then you should be dominating the rebounds and the points in the paint. And we took advantage of that. Um, and we had more assists. We played more like a team. Uh, Benny Williams, it was nice to see him out there smiling. You know, he went four for four. He, he didn't take an out. Pumped up, too. Didn't take an outside shot, right? He was yeah. down there banging, trying to get rebounds and getting easy buckets. You know, eight points with two steals, two assists, three rebounds. So, um, and he didn't really make a lot of mistakes. Kyle Cuff Jr., he went in there and played well. So, um, you know, I think that you're starting to see it kind of, you know, 
play itself out. But obviously it doesn't matter whether or not you're the starter or not because, I mean, Malik Brown and Benny Williams and Copeland all played more. Copeland had 32 minutes. Yeah. I mean, Bell had 12, McLeod had 14, Taylor had 18. Benny Williams had 18. You know, Benny Williams had the same amount as Taylor. And Malik Brown and Copeland had more minutes than, you know, the other three. So this is the testament of, you know, our depth, what we can throw at another team. Well, you've always said it doesn't matter who starts the game. No, never does. No. Um, and I don't know if it's that's a confidence thing, then see what happens. Um, but there's no doubt in my mind that this team – they passed the ball better. They moved the ball better with Quadir Copeland in, in the lineup. It's almost like he's a damn shot of adrenaline. He, um, that's, yeah, he, he, he sends it to another dimension sometimes. I mean, and it's, and it's um, not just everybody else with the, with the ball handling, but, I mean, he's got significantly good ball handling too. I mean, he does a very good job. And, um, oh, yeah, and he can guard a three. Yeah. You can play a J.J., a Judah, and a Quadir. And realistically, your defense gets better. It's just the outside shooting. It's the, if you're moving the ball and you're driving and you're doing a nice little spin move like he I mean, there's not too many people that are going to be able to guard that spin move that he pulled off yesterday. Yeah. I mean, that was sick. That Not easy to do. And uh, he's done a couple of things the last couple of days or games <clears throat> that is like, okay, he's starting to figure it out, starting to slow down for him. You know, you saw you saw little spurts last year where, you know, he showed that, but then he'd be out of control and and even a little bit this year. But as the game's starting to slow down and, and he's he's making a lot of good decisions and he's making a lot of big plays, um, you know, almost had a double-double. I know that the announcers were making a big deal about that that near the end. Yeah. Nine rebounds, five is, nine rebounds, five assists, a steal, a block with 15 points. He went five to six from the free throw line with only two turnovers. He had I mean, two great opportunities for getting that double double on the rebounding side in the last minute of the game. But uh, you know, it is what it is. It's nice to see he knew it too. I mean, Quadir knew it. I mean, he, oh, yeah. was, he was trying like hell to get it. So um, yeah. So I mean, we took advantage of a little bit of you know a wounded duck, so to speak, and. Uh, I mean, but still, I mean, you got to think about it. 20 points. I mean, yeah, Oregon, they definitely are missing some of their players, but they lost two games this year, one by six, one by eight. Um, so to go out there and, and to win that in a neutral court, um, dude, it's a good win. And again, we're status quo, right? Like we kind we of haven't lost. We haven't lost the games we shouldn't have. And, you know, we're, we lost three, three games to three ranked teams. But then, you know, when we started – we didn't know. Remember, remember when we got when we got back from Maui and we were like, we still don't know really how good we are. Like we played with them for a little while, but we don't know how good we are, right? And we had to have a twenty four point comeback to beat Colgate, so we really didn't know. And then there was Chaminade, and then LSU hit, and then we won by twenty three. And we're like, damn, <laughs> right? But then Virginia hit, and they beat us by twenty two. So it was like, well, what team are we? And so we worried. We worried going into Cornell. We worried at Georgetown. We worried about Oregon. But, I mean, you take away these three ranked teams and you look at a team like LSU, Oregon, Georgetown, those are all teams that are in 
I mean, it, the Big East is essentially considered, you know, there's power five in football, or there's power six in basketball. Right. Big East is thrown in there, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you look at the other three games that we play power six teams, and I don't know how good they're going to be in their conference, but, you know, we beat LSU by 23, we beat Georgetown by 12 at Georgetown, and we beat Niagara by, or not, not Niagara, or Oregon on a neutral court by 20. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't think we're a top 25 team yet, but... I think this is a tournament team. That's what I'm saying. Like, we might not be a top 25 team right now, but we're not far out. No. So... They just got to... Their their game that they play, they know what they're good at. And I think, of course, always you've got to try to hit those outside shots. I think that's what Bell does. I think that's that's what he offers big time. But... The inside game is Syracuse's game. What Judah does is magical. It's a it's a it's a tremendous skill and he's very good at it. Some days it's gonna work, some days it's not. And when it's not, if Judah can't hit, then it's just gonna be a quiet night for Judah. Someone else is gonna have to step up. It's just right. it is just is what it is. But here's the difference though. I feel like I really genuinely feel like with this team, someone will. As we have already seen it. Right. So, so- it's not a one-trick pony anymore. Um, I think that we are. We're. I think that we're just the the talent is is spreading out a little bit more than it's been. Well, the past and they're learning years. how to play with each other. Moving yeah, they're still young, ball, knowing yeah. what other people are going to do, right? And well, you saw I mean, that with some of Quadier's passes. Some, I mean, even I think even Benny had a, a couple good passes. Like just. Just in general, you you could tell that they were on the same page. It's hard to stop that. Well, and two, also, I mean, there's been I'm not not trying to bang on like the last couple of years or whatever, but I mean, how many times did we talk about when we had teams where it was like there was no penetration, there was no guard penetration, it was all outside shots, jumpers, play good defense, and that, and that stuff, it, it, it's difficult. Like when you want to be a good team, when you look at like the, when it comes to the NCAA tournament, March Madness, all that stuff, guard play is huge. And you see teams that and they have guards that they take it to the hole, they finish, they go to the free throw line. You know what I mean? We didn't have that. And then last year with with Judah, we did, but you know there was obviously some some things that went on with that. And now when you look at this year, it's like okay, we only shot five of thirteen from the three. You know, I mean, we didn't force any. And I mean, Bell and 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 um, Taylor, they took a couple, but it was taking us at the hole. When you have Quadir on the floor, you have Judah, JJ, and Quadir. They can take it to the hole and they can actually finish, mm-hmm. which makes people and they can beat their guy off the dribble. And so now that means someone's going to step up. And now the big guys, they're like, oh, crap, I can move and get the ball. Like before it was like, oh, I'm going to set a screen, maybe go get a rebound, right? But now I mean, you got guys in some plays where there was a couple of plays where Quadir could have dropped it off to Benny, could have dropped it off to Malik. They both would have got the same result. And it's because the, those guys can penetrate and then they can force the defense to change. Um It's just it's a different kind of offense that we've seen in a long time. And we have the talent to actually do that. And it makes basketball a lot easier when you can do that. And um, thankfully, we got three guys that can do that and finish. And J.J. the last couple of games has been, you know, very, very impressive. 
Judo, we know even if he's got an off night shooting, scoring, finishing, he'll get his. He's still going to go to the free throw line. And like I said, Quadier Copeland, he's like a budding star. Um, and then when you see the defense, too. I mean, Quadier Copeland's defense, the way Judah's playing defense. Malik, Malik Brown. Malik Brown, yeah. Out again. Like, I mean, that defense, there's a reason why Malik Brown and Quadier played that many minutes. Because that defense yeah. with those that group of people and then seven people out and just keep throwing waves at you with that tough defense, I mean, that tires teams out. You saw that point guard, Shellstead, I mean, he had a pretty good first half. And second half, he looked worn out. That whole team looked worn out. Yeah. And it's because we kept going, going, going. 17 fast break points. I mean, it looks like, I'm not saying that it's the same type of talent, but this looks like a... a, a Late 80s, a early 90s type yes, of Syracuse like basketball. Yes, that I saw, yes. Yeah, yeah teams we grew up with. Out. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would agree. I mean, it's the closest thing I think we've had, and it's I'm, I'm I wouldn't want to be dramatic about it. I think we need to see how it plays out. Those teams were were conference champion contenders at the very least. So, um, you know, I I'm a little um, let's just say cautiously optimistic about going into conference play, and 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 I guess I'm just always apprehensive and nervous about it, but I feel like out of the past, you know, few years, this is, I have a little bit more faith in this and knowing that it's going to be Judah's last year in orange. I think that, um, you know, it's kind of, what's that? He came back to make the tournament. Yeah. They're, I think they're a tournament team. I think as long as they stay healthy and they keep doing what they're doing, they're going to, we're going to make the tournament. And um, no, I still think they need to figure out some stuff with because there's going to be some teams in the Big East that Malik Brown's not going to be able to play center for 26 minutes. So you mean the ACC? Yeah, there's still there's still, oh, did I say you is, said Big East? Jeez, oh, it's still there. Um, yeah, no, I mean, there's still some things. Right. Um, but at the same time, like. We do not have. um like our floor is our floor is still climbing. You know what I mean? Like we oh, yeah. we're growing every game and you're seeing confidence from different players in every game to where you said Autry's gonna be able to find that damn you know, that combination. Okay, Chris Bell didn't play that great, didn't play that many minutes. There's still gonna be games where he comes out and he plays twenty four minutes and scores twenty two points because he's on fire. Right? Like Kyle Cuff doing all these things. Quite your I mean, there's I'm just excited at the growth. I'm excited to be able to see a new different type of basketball with a new coach in, in a team that's one of the younger teams in the country just grow. And, I mean, we've seen it already from that game. The last couple games I've seen versus what we what we saw in the beginning of the year. Seemed to me it's night I mean, and day. It's, start, it's already starting growing. They're starting to figure out roles. They're starting to figure yeah. out how to play defense and offense together, and it's it's exciting. Well, here's the thing. Uh, say this and we'll move on. But we we always talk about the beginning of the year. You know, it's going to be interesting to see this team grow. And, and you know, my, my, my pivot point for growth is usually, you know, maybe a quarter to halfway through the ACC play. And here we are not even in, in conference play, full blown conference play yet. And I feel like we've already seen it. So 
It's just you gotta allow it to happen though too, right? Yeah, but we haven't though seen it the past couple years. No, when you're just locked in in a seven man rotation, no matter yeah. how they play. Right. So, anyways, with that said, um, I think uh, the what we've seen as far as results in the teamwork, in the growth, and um, all that goes, I think is already on the table. And like you said, it's we're still not at our ceiling. We're just continually getting we're not better. At our floor. No, hell no. No, but I don't That's think like, I don't think we it, get to the floor. If we're not at our floor, then we're damn sure not at the ceiling yet. Yeah, well, I, I don't think we were even at our floor at the beginning of the year. Well, no, you know what I'm saying. So, um, I, I don't think that's I don't think the floor is an option right now, especially if everybody stays healthy. Obviously, um, all right, it's time to hear from you. to hear from you the loud mouths from the loud house all right you guys know what to do at the end of every game i ask for your thoughts on that game you leave them on the facebook and the twitter and we talk about them i've been threatened that the facebook is going to be non-existent but i have yet to still see anything happen it's all it's either all talk or all bs or a scam one of those three. One of those three things is true. Uh, all right, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I'm starting on Twitter here. Um, I haven't seen some of this, but all right, here we go. At Breaking Orange forty four, Brown has the best hands in the ACC. Cope is playing sixth man of the year. That that's that's. I'm buying all that. That's great. We haven't even talked about the six man of the year stuff, but I mean, he's playing that level, don't you think, Joe? I mean, what he's doing in the past two, if he could keep putting the games together the way he's done the past two, and then he's been fringy the whole season, but, you know, the past two games, he's been amazing. So, yeah. Uh, at JTA, wait, oh, this would be JTART2021. First 10 feel like middle school game during recess. The rest of the way was chemistry and smiles. Nice to see Benny engage. A quadir on fire. Yeah, it was good to see. I know that was one of the biggest things I noticed for for me watching that game with in Benny's 18 minutes out on the court was that he was, uh, you know, we just talked not too long ago about his body language. And obviously, I feel like that was a complete turnaround from what we saw when he sat on the bench the whole game. And I don't even remember what game that was. Was that Georgetown? I think it was Georgetown. So for for that, was it? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. But, but what a difference from that to what we saw, you know, with him actually on the court and, um, you know, making plays and – and getting hyped up and screaming and just you you love to see it and you know whatever whatever weird deal is going on there and you know for coach to come back and say you know he didn't play him because he wanted to play the guys that he thinks can help win the game that's just that's a that's an old Bayheim move you know just not holding back letting it all out there to media and everybody else who wants to listen um, just airing some of the dirty laundry and you know sometimes. You know, we we always talked about coach using that as as motivation for the guys, or the you know coach hoping that the guys use that as motivation. But 
seems like something there is getting better. And I just hope that it continues because um, it's good to see. No, yeah. And I mean, Jesse, top fan. Top fan. Facebook. <laughs> then again, a lot of these, you know, are kind of circling back on stuff that we, we talked about. But um, he said, love the defensive intensity and how much we scored at the rim in the free throw line. Glad for Cope. He will continue to get better with more reps. Best body language of the year from Benny. Yeah. It's good. No. It's it's you know for everybody to take notice, they have to take notice of what was going on before the game. But for everybody to take notice, then to notice the improvement is is always you know that's good. Uh, at Adam Eldridge two, it feels like Copeland gained a year of maturity over the last two games. He hasn't been uh, making the mistakes we've seen him um, make earlier this year. Hope. The team saw today is a team that could continue to grow and not regress. Very impressed for the first time this year. Well, I, I agree with some of that, but I've been impressed this year. I thought, I thought the the Georgetown game was impressive. I really I thought did. the LSU game was impressive. I did too, but I mean, where's LSU right now? You know, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, we could. I check. thought a twenty-four point comeback was impressive. That you know, was I mean. that was quite impressive. Actually, but, I mean, you never should be in that position because three quarters of the game wasn't impressive, right? So, well, there's uh, been spurts. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, LSU is six and five right now, and they got you know they did play Texas, who's nineteenth, but Kansas State, and they they've lost two games since us: Kansas State and Texas. So, I mean, I just don't know Pretty how good, good they are. Yeah, I mean, no, good I teams that they're playing, but I just don't know how good they are just in general. And those right. those games. Um, those games were, they were, the Kansas state game was not really close. 75, 60, but Texas was, um, 96, 85. And we don't know. I didn't watch the game obviously. So who knows? Um, Nadal on Twitter, our buddy, uh, today was a good day for Syracuse. He says, yes, absolutely. Um, I know there's a lot of hype about football right now. I I just I know that I do know that some fans have Syracuse basketball kind of lost in the mix early in the season right now, right? But in I mean some of it's justifiable, but it's this is a this is a team to get excited about too. Like I know there's a lot of exciting things going on with with Syracuse football and all of that's great, but this is this is a team that I think we could all rally around and and get excited about and enjoy Judah while he's here because obviously. Um, it's gonna be it. Uh, let's see. At Will F twenty two thousand, what a great game! Quadiris, uh spark is the spark plug. Amazing overall day for our athletic department. Yeah, this was a long. It was a good day for the athletic department, wasn't it? That was that was the Kyle McCord day, correct? So, oh yeah, <laughs> so, it was overall. Yeah, yeah. And again, that goes down to news too, right? Because that's what. There's no comments like that on Facebook. <laughs> about you know oh, great day for Syracuse it, and kind of combining it, our you know blowout win with a Kyle McCord uh, commit. Not not to so. say everybody on Facebook doesn't isn't on Twitter, right? But if if you are on Facebook and not on Twitter, then that's what you're missing because yeah. it, it just doesn't come as fast. And no. I don't know. 
there's the whole the whole dynamics different, but that's where everybody gets breaking news from, from politics to yeah. sports to just everything, anything and everything yeah. is that's where everybody gets their. Because on news Facebook, from. there's a lot of the same thing. You know, beginning wasn't very promising, but thankfully they got their heads in the game. You know, not the cleanest game, but eventually dominated Oregon. Great game by Copeland. You know, just and stuff then, like that. You know, Chuck Allen, Copeland was awesome. JJ and Mintz did what they should. Great seeing Benny excited and happy as well as con- contributing. Bell and Taylor struggled, in my opinion, and McLeod doesn't deserve to start over Brown. Well, I thought is some of the criticism I've given McLeod over the past, I don't know, the the whole year so far, I I thought that he wasn't terrible. He just reminds me a lot of uh, Chuku. When he used to call Chuku stone hands. Like, he's just like, dude, grab and hold the ball. Like, s- stop losing the ball. That's like, just secure the damn yeah. rebound. You know what I mean? Like, if yeah, he can, and if then he, when he gets the ball, it seems like he's like very confused, kind of frazzled, confused and frantic. To, yes. Like, make the, you know, he puts, if he's going to shoot, he already knows he's going to shoot, and he turns and just kind of throws it up it, there. Isn't that Chuku esque, um, though? Both, all yeah, of that. Yeah. I mean, he's still trying to learn how to use his body, how to use the size. size. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with that said, this is a dude who's, I think he's like tied for the tallest player in the country right game. now. Jeez. He's tied for the tallest player in the country right now, I think. And, um, you know, like you said, he just got to come into his own. You know, that's why yeah. he wasn't starting at Florida State, but I think he will. I mean, with that said, I know he only got 14 minutes, but, you know, he grabbed eight rebounds in those 14 minutes. He just didn't score a ton. He's got three points, yep. right? But he did hit two foul shots too, didn't he? No, all of his all of his points came from the foul line. Excuse me, three for four. So it's good to see a big man like that actually go to the foul line and hit foul shots too. So oh yeah, yep. And to, and to you know going back to Jesse's point too because it was something that I didn't really put two and two together between our fifty points in the paint and the eighteen points that we had from the free throw line. That's sixty eight out of our eighty three points. So. Again, you know, take away the fact that Malik Brown's not going to be able to to play center against every team. You know, every team isn't going to let us do certain things, and um, you know, there's going to we're going to have to be able to hit some some shots from the outside, some jump shots. You know, that's 15 points out of our 83 that we got outside of the paint. Right. Uh, at no, they were all threes. At no Blanchard forty four, it's a great day to be a Q's fan again. Uh, like the the point we we're making earlier. At Oil Q's, our buddy Captain Patrick Copeland spin cycle drive was awesome. Cuff was a hero in the first half, keeping us alive. Joe sucks. <laughs> and his nasty AF. Merry Christmas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I read it like I was just I was not reading ahead. It caught me off guard. I'm sorry. Uh, two great points though. Uh Joe, you alluded to the to the what Captain Pack did um calls the spin cycle drive, which was amazing, right? But yeah. Cuff coming in in the in in the first half and doing what he did with the eight points to get Syracuse back into the game after being down by like ten was I mean it was like a switch was flipped. So that's uh, really Something good Something about see. watching somebody that small dunk, too, is just awesome. 
How about Judas dunk? Well, Judas dunk was nice. The, yeah, the I mean, Benny's was nice. Yeah, but I mean, Kyle Cuff is like five eight. The gear height. Is going he, up there? Yeah. Is he really? I don't know. He's not. <laughs> it made me feel tall for a second. Uh, at David Super, the good, the bench in their energy. 20 of the 33 first half points, 44 for the game. Cuff three pointer provides a spark after a terrible start. The bad 19 tur- turnovers got to clean that shit up in the ACC games. The ugly starters, um, starters. Um, He's not six, two. You don't think he is? It says he is. Must be true. Um, well, I don't know. You know, you know how, you know how they do that though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Starters, Chris Bell, uh, Justin Taylor and McLeod, one field goal made. Uh, he's got the little shit emoji here Niagara, then Pitt. So yeah, look, the good news is, is there's so many guys playing significant minutes that they don't all have to be perfect. And it kind of goes back to Coach's point when he was talking about um, J.J. Starling a couple weeks ago, right? Or a couple games ago when he said, you know, not every game is going to be a perfect game. And you're going to go out there and be the star. It's just not going to happen, you know. But Bell's had his moments this year. You know, Justin Taylor's he's shined a little bit this year. And McLeod, he's the one I would still say that you know, he's still figuring it out. It's fair to say. But when he does, if look, we remember Jesse Edwards too. Remember when Jesse Edwards was like, dude, he's got the frame. He just needs to bulk up. Like he just needs to be stronger. Thought we weren't going to bring him up anymore. <laughs> it's so, he never really. As this, team, as this team grows, it just makes me more and more I know, I know, because what could be. But my point is, is that he never really filled out the way we thought he could based on how big that he looked like he could, based on the size of his frame. But he did get stronger. Like, he was just stronger. He just got stronger with the ball. And when he did, it completely changed uh, his play and his confidence. It was that was the that was the beginning of the Jesse that we know now, the one that left us for a bunch of money and went to West Virginia. That Jesse. Hey, look, I don't hate on him. Not ne- me either. That was totally, completely, one hundred percent avoidable. What'd you say? Yeah. I said I hate it. I hate on the people that could have retained him. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyways, mm-hmm. Whitesmith's um, money. Nice. Huh? Well, yeah. Right. Um, you don't want to go back there, though. N- n- no. I'm done. Mark on I'm Facebook, done this is a good point. Hopefully they realize, and this is something we talked about, hopefully they realize all the passing is what helped them get going and stay ahead. Great win and something to build off. Yeah. And again, I think that is kind of directly kind of into, you know, I mean, I, I saw, I did see Judamins, you know, making a concerted effort to, to pass the ball, the ball a little bit more and stuff like that. But um, Quitter Copeland, man. As soon as he got in, it was almost like the movement was just way better. Him and Malik. So, yeah, no, it's good. It's visually like um, different from last year for sure. 
Um, at Saltine Warrior 4, things are on their way up. This team is playing great defense, getting contributions from seemingly everywhere besides center and Taylor, although I think he has a bright future. Um, seeing glimpses of Taylor, though, like I've said, you know, he came through, wasn't it the Colgate game? Was it Colgate? No, he definitely hit some good, I mean, he came through in one game, but also, I mean, he's been kind of the main guy down there, you know, trying to get rebounds and, and doing those kind of things because there was a point where rebounds didn't look so great. So, um, you know, he's doing the things the coaches are asking him to do and, and you know, hopefully uh, he can get his shot going. But, again, we can't be a team that just sits back and relies on three-point shots. He can't stand around an offense either. He's And he says, fun to watch and transition, sharing the ball, and most importantly, having fun. You talked about being stagnant on offense as far as just this ISO stuff. In It was the complete opposite of that yesterday, and that's what can happen. Uh, at Q's Hoops 97, not Judah's best, but still one by 20. Starting to see the depth, only going to get better if Chance gets healthy. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing to add into the mix. Now, I just don't – I'm not going to be one that relies on that, especially for um, – just the simple fact that I think it's going to take take a while for him. He's not going to – I could be totally wrong. Been wrong before. But he he might, you know, take some time to get acclimated in, you know, where you set your expectations is where you set your disappointment as well. So, you know, it's going to take some time. But I think, uh, yeah, when we see him this year, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty awesome. The whole thing's going to be awesome, I think. I got really, yeah. I got a really good feeling about how the how this ends up. Like I said, I mean, there's still <clears throat> there's still some things there, right? Yeah, and, of course. There's always going to be, you know, the center position, and obviously being able to shoot threes, you know, because I mean, obviously we know, you know, our best three point shooters aren't necessarily our best defenders, and. uh not every team that we play is going to let us get 50 points in the paint and go score 18 points from the free throw line. So as you go up in competition, then those teams can kind of dictate where you push the ball, where you go, things like that. So, so far so good as far as some of these other, and like I said, these are tweener, you know, power five, six teams. So it's nice to see in us win games that we haven't been winning in the past couple of years, you know, so definitely a change. but there's still a lot of things that need to be fixed for sure. Yeah. So anyways, we'll get a couple more days to rest up and then Syracuse is going to host. Niagara. I got a couple for you though. Go, go, okay, go ahead. I was um, going to transition, but you're not. So go ahead. Well, uh, top fan, Robert Gafredo. Oh, 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 oh. His comment was basically 56% from the field, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was rough in the and it was rough in the beginning. It was really bad. That's what did dude, it. The beginning was awful, and we yeah. still ended up with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, that was that was a good thing. Uh, top fan. Um, <laughs> top fan, uh, Michael Mastrolio. And this is a good one that you can you can uh, 
you'll have a, a comment for this, but it was a good win. The only thing that confuses me is I wonder why the two worst players in our rotation continue to start. I would assume I don't have to name them as we are all watching the same games. Well, who do you think he's talking about? <laughs> well, I think we all know. I think we've they've been referenced before, and like I said, you know they, you know guys like McLeod. You don't? I got to imagine it's McLeod and and um, Taylor. I would. I mean, if I'm guessing, I mean Taylor played more than Bell, so I mean I just didn't but know. Bell, but Bell has had some some games though. Like he's had some days, and, it, yeah. and, and Justin yeah. Taylor just point. Justin Taylor point. just yeah. really hasn't. I mean, Bell right. Bell has he's done enough, I think, to where he has a game like this, and you're just like, okay, well, I mean, he just had a, he just didn't have a great game. Yeah, it just wasn't his day, you know. And he had guys yeah, come yeah. and step up for him. Well, and my, the problem I think with that is is that I mean, <clears throat> there's only a specific amount of teams that you can get away with. Uh, a Judah, J.J., Quadir, and Chris Bell lineup, right, with a Malik Brown as well. Because now you're going really small, and if you're playing against a team that's got a legit center and a, and a legit power forward, that's not going to work. I see what he, I see what he's going for in theory, because there are teams out there that go small with a six, eight, six, nine center that Malik Brown can handle, but. Not every game is going to be like that, you know. So, you know, we're going to have to rely on Naheem, and we're going to have to rely on some other players that are going to have to come in and play, and they're going to have to have big days. And, um, you know, hopefully they can just figure out their role and they can learn and they can grow. They keep giving Naheem chances. You can see the players, you know, trying to get them all pumped up and showing them things. Quadier was out there trying to show them how to get position, get position, show your hand, so that, you know, you give a good target for yeah. the passer to go. Yeah. And, it's just, it's only a matter of time. He just hasn't had that type of role. Um, but. No, he's been in the back seat. Now he's starting. And like you said with Jesse, same same thing. At some point, a flip switch or a switch flipped and he knew what he was doing. And all of a sudden he was, he was kind of an animal and he knew he couldn't be stopped. So hopefully he can it's, get to that confidence it's level. Con- and- it's just, it's that. That's what I was going to say. It's confidence. Once you once you start doing it, repetition. Yeah, once time. you start doing it, and you you know how big you are, and you are start able to seeing the ball go through the basket. Yeah, yeah. You, you can hang on to the damn thing. You're not nervous out there. I mean, he looks nervous. I mean, honestly, he can palm it and just hold it up and straight up in the air. No one's going to come and mess with him. You know what I mean? Like I don't <laughs> I know. know. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm keeping my powder dry <laughs> on whether you know, but. I'm, ho- I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Yeah. Hopeful. I'm hopeful. We'll, we'll see. Um, okay, let's move on. Syracuse is is going to host Niagara this Thursday at 5. It's going to be before the bowl game, so we're going to get a, a Thursday evening full, chuck full of uh, Syracuse sports. And, you know, Joe's taking Friday off, and I just was thinking to myself when he told me that today, I'm like, damn, man, because I took the, 28th, or the 26th off, which is the – Tuesday, or yeah, the Tuesday after Christmas, I could have had me a nice five day freaking weekend, which would have been awesome, awesome, awesome. But oh yeah. well, I screwed that one up. So I got paid vacation on Monday and Tuesday, and I was like, ah, let me take this Friday. That'll be nice. Uh, yeah, I've got um, 
I can roll over a week, so I'm not like pressed to use PTO because I can roll 40 over if I want. I can roll over 80. That's the problem. You have more than 80? Yeah, I got 120 right now. Oh, well, yeah, you need to take some vacation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah, I do think. Uh, the all time series between the Orange and the Purple Eagles sits at 55 and 28 in favor of the Orange. What a dumb name, by the way. Uh, Syracuse <laughs> is currently on a 10 game win streak dating back all the way to 1976, but they've won 16 out of the last 17. So last year, our last, last game, 2020, uh, Syracuse wins that game 75 to 45. Gerard, Richmond, Dolarzai, Gary Aaron, Griffin, you're starting five. Gary A with 23 points, 13 rebounds, and Dolarzai with 10 rebounds. The Syracuse Orangemen in the Niagara Purple Eagles first met in 1910 with the Purple Eagles winning handily 30 to 20, folks. Uh, the Orangemen would quickly reverse that winning the next eight games and 12 of the next 13. These Both of these little tidbits, according to orangehoops.org, the two teams had played most every season since 1933 until 1982. The series ended as the Orangemen rose to prominence in the Big East. The two teams would not meet again for 18 years until 2000. In Syracuse, like I mentioned, they've won the last 10 games in the series. So... Um, kind of a renewed old rivalry being that, uh, Paulus, Paulus was CBA, right? He went to CBA yep. and it was a guard at Duke came to Syracuse in like Oh nine, Oh eight, Oh nine ish, uh, for, to quarterback for a year. And, um, you know, I think that's obviously what started some of this. So he's been, he's been coach over there for a minute too, by the way. So, uh, this will be closing out our non-conference schedule uh, as we talked about them. We're going to take, I think nine days off before we play Pitt. Um, Niagara sits at three and six right now. They've got a game tomorrow night against Binghamton, I believe. And, yep. and so, you know, you go you want watch that barn burner if you want to get a good glimpse of what's going on. With Niagara, I don't know what channel that would be on. But anyway, you got Amon Henderson, who is leading them in uh, points per game with 14.3. He's also leading with, um, who's the other one here? The two three-point shooters. Henderson, oh, um, Bumbala. Bumbala and Henderson and uh, um, Henderson are your th- three-point shooters, okay? So uh, Henderson, the second, with 14, and Bumbala with 13. And they are shooting, both of them are shooting decently, respectively. I mean, 33% and 33%. So there you go. Um, then you've got you got some guys that are that are backing these guys up. Now, these guys got some eclectic names, man. I'm not going to lie, okay? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm kind of pussyfooting around the whole pronouncing all this stuff. But, oh, uh, but anyway, huh? Fine, but- do what? I didn't know comedy was coming at the end, but keep going. Uh, Yah Obeng Masa, six seven forward. He's eleven. He's averaging uh, eleven points a game. Uh, Braxton Bayless. He's averaging nine point seven game uh, points a game. And Harlan Obawa. Uh, is averaging nine points a game. He's a seven foot forward. Uh, for, as a team, they're shooting forty eight percent from the field, seventy five percent from the free throw line, and thirty seven percent from three. So look, it's Niagara. I expect to um, have coaches got one more game to kind of play around with and see what works. Uh, maybe give McLeod a little bit of extra time out there and see if if he can get his footing and you know just. 
one more game to play around a little bit. I'm not real threatened by this team and them being three and six already. They've got, you know, they've got wins against St. Francis, Buffalo State, and what is this, New Jersey IT? Is that what that is? What is that? Buffalo State's like a D2 school or D3 school too. So Yeah, and they, they lost to Notre Dame by only seven, believe it or not. First game of the year. Um, yeah, they lost to St. Bonaventure by 34. Lost to St. Peter's by five. That was where old boy was from, right? Remember his name? Uh, the mustache yeah. guy, the one that slapped uh, our Judah slapped last year. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> the hell was that dude's name? How do I forget this? Doug Ebert. Doug Ebert. Um, so, anyways, uh, not a real threat in my opinion. Should be a should be a fun game to watch. A nice primer for you know some Syracuse football. Uh, Joe. What, what do you think? Uh, I mean, they're 327 in Ken Palm. So, I mean, <laughs> this is where it's at. I guess I, I could have started and ended with that, yeah. I don't, I don't, mm. I mean, look, we know that Paulus is going to have him playing tough and, and all that stuff, but, I mean, obviously, I'm, we're going to be all right. That's. I mean, I don't have. You talked about everything that that's got going on. So, I mean, I don't. I don't really see them as a threat. I um, must have had some extra time on my hands at one point to go even that far with it. To be honest with you. Yeah. Well. Again, like I said, I mean, losing the games they've lost, and I mean, look at their competition. I mean, obviously at Notre Dame, I don't know how good Notre Dame is this year. They still should have been able to beat them by more than seven at you know, home, but, you know, nonetheless, I think, I think we're, we're riding high. We have confidence. We have the depth. Notre Dame stinks this year, by the way. And Georgetown beat them in overtime. So last Saturday. Well, just to give you guys a heads up to, um, if you do want to (laughs) watch Niagara and Binghamton, the Niagara purple Eagles, AKA fake animal. Um, Versus the Binghamton Bearcats. Um, it's going to be on ESPN Plus tomorrow. It's two fake it's animals going at it. I'm just kidding. Bearcats a real thing, isn't it? Pretty sure. Yeah. No. Wait, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, number one, you could kind of scout Niagara to see what's going on with that. But also, two, um, Binghamton is where Samir uh, Torrance transferred. So, and Samir Torrance is currently leading Binghamton. They're six and four, and he's leading them in assists and rebounds. Um, so, if you want to go back and watch the next Syracuse guy play against the the next opponent, then it's going to be on ESPN Plus tomorrow at six oh seven. Is what ESPN is saying. So, a Bearcat is a real thing, and and, and you'd be maybe be surprised to know that it kind of looks like a mix between a bear and a cat. Get out of here. I'm serious. This is the thing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> Hold on. Maybe we're the fools. Maybe there is a purple eagle. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's egg on our faces, Joe, for not knowing what the hell the deal is. Although I highly doubt there's a purple eagle. All right. Look, that, that's it, guys. I don't got nothing else. It's another drawn out long show for no reason and uh i'm here for it i guess i thank you for being here for it sorry no fan <laughs> feedback or no uh 
No spaces today. We'll we'll get to we'll hit the spaces up here pretty soon when we don't have to talk for an hour before we go there. So uh, we will be back as soon as we can for Joe. I'm Sean. We're out. Peace.